I went into a jail cell and I remember like just going back to my room and I just remember I just threw my hands and I said, God, I'm just done. And I said, okay. And I remember telling God, I was like, God, if you, if my purpose is to be in prison for the rest of my life and tell everybody about the truth, I said, okay. I said, that's what I'm going to do. And I just remember like full surrender happened in that jail cell. I just, I'll never forget it. I tell people like this, I tell, I've, I've known God, I've, I've had some stuff happen, you know, since I was little. That jail cell, I'll never forget it. I can't explain it to anybody, but nobody can tell me God ain't real. I was in that jail cell and I didn't think I was getting out. It wasn't like one of these deals where, hey God, if you get me out, then I'm gonna do. It was like, Lord, I accept being in prison for the rest of my life and I accept my purpose to tell people about you. And at that moment in my time, I said, that's what God wants. That's what I was designed for. That's what, okay, Lord, I don't want that, but um, that's what I'm, I accepted it. And I remember like the Holy Spirit, I, I didn't know at the time what it was, but I just remember like as I was on my knees, I remember from my head to my toes everywhere was just like electrified is the only way I can say it. And I'm not talking for like 10 seconds. You know, sometimes I'm in church, I feel the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about like that. I'm talking for like two minutes. I'm just right there and I'm just feeling this crazy fire come all through me and I'm crying, Krayla. And, and I'll never forget it. And I knew God was real. Today we have Brother Henry from Waterworkers. And Waterworkers is a men's fellowship. I got introduced to the Waterworkers from my friend Nicole. And, you know, out of nowhere, she showed me this text about this flyer, yeah. right? And she told me that um, you got to interview uh, this guy. He runs a men's fellowship and he's got an incredible testimony. And so, like, without hesitation, I hit up the number on the flyer, yeah. which is Matthew was on, on, yeah. the, on the number. And, uh, and then Matthew invited me to his Bible study, Friday Night Ignite. It was mm -hmm. amazing. And and then he invited me to the Water Walkers. And till that point, bro, like I haven't, haven't been to a room where there's like 40, 50 yeah. people that are on fire with God. So I was really pumped like the first, first night when I was in the group. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. And I got to talk to you a little bit briefly and now just uh, having you on the show today, I'm just very grateful and very excited because I know this is a divine appointment. Like there's nothing that it's, it's nothing that I've done. Like literally I got this flyer and I went through this thing and then I met you. So welcome on the show, Amen. brother. Thank yeah. Thank you. Thank you for you. having me. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I just, I look at <clears throat> water walkers sometimes and it's just, it blows my mind because, you know, I know you talked to MK and, we were just in that little garage and there was like four or five of us. And um, I just, I see it over time like a snowball. And it's just, um, it's like you said, it's when you know it's God, it's just, it's effortless. You know, we put in work, but yes, it's just like, God's just growing it. And I, I look around sometimes, I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like, yeah. and it's amazing though, you get to see the, all the lives changed. I'm talking people completely different. You watch them come in and you just watch them three months, six months, nine months. And um, it's like a heavy duty car wash. God just. It's you know, powerful, man. It's powerful. 
so what what's your story how how did you find god or how did god find you well you know i was i was born in tucson i was raised on the east coast um my mom she was a she was a believer she was a very strong to this day she's like the biggest saint i've ever known and but everyone else in my family like you know we were never really raised with god and my stepdad um you know my real dad you know was out the picture very early um i never really knew him and my stepdad took over and he was um he was good for a while but you know he lost his way and he started to um he just started doing so he molested my sister he um oh. he uh he did a lot of stuff and so when i was like around 10 or 11 he kind of left the picture and i'm out there in chicago area and i was just got into gangs and everything really bad you know i was running around the streets with a pistol at 12 years old and uh jumped into the latin kings and uh i just grew up really fast and so everything my mom taught me though i just i just went the other way and i can't really explain it um i started smoking crack cocaine at 12 years old and i was just a baby and so mm. you know i i knew that god had a plan it, it's so bizarre because back there at 12 years old um i just i always had a piece of god even though i was so far i just always did i i i remember praying in the mirror one time and i was like depressed as a little kid and i just i said god don't don't just don't let it be for nothing and i i always remember that cuz no matter how many times i talk about there i say that you know it's just always like it's deep in my heart because um you know god answered that and and you know i always tell guys cuz we 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 work with the most broken like i'm like god i want the I want the most broken ones. Well, you know, cuz of water walkers, we get the knuckleheads. Like we we get the ones that like um I mean, people don't want to deal with those ones. Uh you know, they'll they'll come out, they'll minister and mm. but they don't want to do life. Not I mean, I'm not saying everybody, but the majority it's just it's just people like, man, we're like, man, we these guys are hard and so uh God gives us those hard ones and, and because we sign up for it. You know, we 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 love it. But God had to put us through the fire so we can relate and we can know and I'm not saying everyone had to go through what I went through but it sure does help with some of these guys because I'm like I was just like that you know I I I understand wow. I know but God didn't waste none of it you know everything I went through as a little kid um and I, I knew all along I'm not saying God put me through it but God allowed it I I believe wholeheartedly God say okay you want to be a knucklehead um I'm going to let you and and I'm going to allow you to go through the fire and you have to get refined but I'm going I I know he had a place and and today you know we're walking it out and um I'm super blessed I'm, I don't regret nothing I don't, it's like I remember before at the beginning I would always be embarrassed like I, there was times in my test there's things in my testimony like when I was 12 years old smoking crack and uh I tell the story there was things I would never tell anybody in the world you know because i went through these phases in life that nobody knew about i was homeless at 12 in chicago and i was sleeping in cars and i was doing like like i to this day i've i've been in the streets and i have not ever seen a kid that like i can be like that was me like 
I was in some grown up stuff at such an early age. I, I look at when my daughter turned 12 and I was like thinking about her being in those places. I'm like, man, this is just un it just doesn't happen that much. You know, people don't see it. Yeah. Um, however, I wouldn't take any of it back because, um, you know, once I had to get all that stuff out of my system, I was 35. I went to prison five times. Um, I was in and out of uh, Catalina Mountain, Adobe Mountain. By the time I was 18, I was locked up in three different states. Uh, I was kicked out of the whole state of Illinois. Um, I just, I had already went through so much. And so finally, I, I used to always tell my mom, I said, Mom, one day, watch, I'm going to get it together. <laughs> And she, and she was, um, you know, because I'd be in jail all the time and I was just always writing my mom letters. And and no matter what, my mom always, she was, she just never gave up. You know, she's like the power of a parent's words. Like no matter what, like my mom just refused to believe like what the world said and what the judges would say. What mm. You know, I'd get up there in front of prosecutors and trials and prosecutors would just on paper, I look ugly, you know, robberies and guns, charges and shootouts and um, everything. And no matter what they said, my mom never saw me different. She was just like, and so um, she was wow. always, she was always praying for me and, and thank God. That's why I always tell the moms, like, don't stop praying. Don't, don't stop. I was 35. And I'd already been to prison five times. Mm, and mm. that's when God woke me up. And, uh, you know, so that, that's kind of kind of how it, it steered. I, I was still 35. I was I was doing prison. I, I was um, I ran into this guy earlier today and he works at this uh, strip club and he does like all the lighting and um, just randomly he was in. I saw like I saw an opportunity. I was like, oh, yeah, I know that club. I was last time I was there, I shot the place up, you know, I was on the news and, but I don't tell them like, like, you know, sometimes people get lost in glorifying their old past and it's nothing like that. I'm just like, let me use this Lord, because this guy, you know, he's in that industry. And I started, I started telling him how I just pray about everything and how God's done this and that. And I told him, I told him the whole story about that place. And, uh, it was, it was because he's he seemed hardened like he didn't know god but when yeah. when i told him the story and i told him i went to prison after that um i did some time i, I went i i should have done a lot more time but uh there was some self-defense stuff that happened over there but uh it's just amazing how you know you could use all these stories and just for god's glory yeah because you are able to relate to him versus if somebody has never been into his world yeah. talking to him about Jesus, they'll probably be more, he'll probably be more resistant of that. Yeah, um, definitely. Like the, I tell guys that I, when I get the knuckleheads and I see them, the first thing I tell them, the, the harder the knucklehead, I, I tell them this. And I don't tell them this to like tickle their ear or like yeah. sell them a car. I, I tell them, bro, if you let God just come into your life, like what, where you're at right now, God, God will use you to open doors that other people's can't. Mm -hmm. It's it's true. Like you know, um, the more stuff you go through in life, for sure, uh, it opens doors. Like when I talk to the felons, when I talk to the drug addicts, when I talk to the drug dealers, when I talk to them, the doors open. Like I can talk to them for ten seconds, and they know. They're like right away. No matter how much God cleans me up, no matter how God has set me on high, it just done a crazy uh turnaround in my life 
when I talk to those guys that know the streets, when I talk to that dude that's selling dope, trying to make ends, trying to, it feels like that he's a victim of his circumstances or these are his only um, options. I'll talk to him for literally 10, 20 seconds. And and they know they're like, okay, like I, I can still hit them with their language without compromising, but hit them with the truth. And, and I'm like, hey, no, miss me with all that. I'm, I'm just like you. Mm. So all this stuff you tell everybody else of why, 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 and all these excuses and all, no, miss me, miss me with that. Mm. I'm gonna tell you about the power of God. And if he changed me, he'll change you. Wow. You know, so. so how did God start to change your heart? Like what happened? So I went to prison and um, I've been in and out of prison my whole- Just put the mic just a little closer. Yeah. There you go, okay. perfect. So I had went to prison, I was in and out of prison, um, you know, since I was 18, 19 years old. The last time I went to prison was um, I got in the shootout at the tens club. You know, a guy jumped, a couple guys, like five guys jumped me. And they busted a bottle over my head and we went out to a parking lot and I, I had a 30 round clip I just bought that day and I shot up the whole place and um, and it was a big thing. I got in a high speed chase. Mm. Uh, it was, I was on the news. It, it was it was real bad. It was, um, I didn't think I was ever gonna get it. I thought I killed everybody, at mm. least a couple people. Mm. Um, it turns out I didn't kill nobody, thank God. Mm. And um, I did end up going to prison and through legal stuff, I only got six years and six years was a blessing. Like, I mean, but God knew exactly what I needed. Like, cause in those six years, all my enemies that were out here, like, you know, when I was out here drug dealing, a lot of them either went to prison or they got killed. Um, so when I came back out at six years, I had known God because I had given my life to God once before when I was 21. And there was like about a year and a half where I was walking with God. And I was like, and God had broke me at some altar at a church here in Tucson. But I just didn't have the discipline. Like I, it was real, the encounter, everything, but I didn't have the discipline. Like there was things I compromised with as a, as a baby Christian. And that's why like a lot of guys, when they come to God, I'm like, dude, you got this, this, you got to cut these things out. Like the devil just needs a little pinky toe into your life. And I know that because I failed. And, and I, I said, I'll never go back to that life. And I did, I ended up going back to that life by compromising. And it was, for me, it was music. I, I, I was compromising with secular, like it was some Tupac music. I remember someone left a CD in my car. Mm. And, and just the music was what the devil used to pull me back in. And I went from going to church, doing all this stuff to like mm, compromising here, compromising. Next thing you know, I'm full blown back in selling dr drugs. And um, this is thing. Uh, it's okay. Um, you, yeah, so, this is good. So anyway, anyway, I uh, when I end up back in prison, I was like, God, I thought I would never come back here, and here I was. I I stayed away for almost 10, 12 years. Um, this is when all this stuff happened, and I went to prison on this last six years. During these last six years, it really hurt because my kid, my daughter, started getting older, and it really started hurt me like to be away from her. Yeah. And um, when I got out, I got out two thousand fifteen. When I was out in 2015, in my head, I was like, I'm not going to go back to selling dope. I'm not going to do that this time. I'm just going to work. I'm going to do something. So I got out October 2015 on my daughter's birthday, October 10th. And um, I tried to do good. I got a job, but I tried to do it without God. I was like, God, I'm not going to go back to that. But and I knew God was like always pulling me, but I was just like, oh, I'm not ready for that. Yeah, I was yeah. telling people, you wait till you're ready, you'll never be ready. And, <laughs> and I was just like, um, yeah. Anyhow, what happened was uh, I I I uh, I was out for three months and I lost my job and I met my girlfriend who's my wife now um, and she was selling drugs 
So I was like, well, I'm not going to sell drugs, but I'm still going to hang out. Like, I like this girl. So I started hanging out with this girl and she was like in hotels and she was trapping and she was, um, it was bizarre to see a woman like that. Like, you know, she was always all prettied up and, but in hotels and having a bunch of guys run around and sell drugs for her. And she was like the boss. And I was kind of like turned on by that at that time. Cause I was, this was before Christ. Um, so I'm over here trying to be legit, trying to, I'm on parole, um, trying not to like, I'm like in my head, I'm fooling myself thinking I'm not going to go back to that, but yet I'm here in the scene. And, um, I lost my job around, right around Christmas. I got laid off. And here I am, and I'm trying to provide. I'm just just get out. So when you get out of prison, everyone gets out of prison. You just, you just you're just like, oh, because it's so hard to be humble, you know. And you don't have nothing. And then you look around, and it seems like everybody has everything. And then it's Christmas on top of that, and it's my little girl's first Christmas where I'm out. I'm like, man, I gotta get her the new cell phones and tablets and all. And I, here I am, and I don't even got like nothing. Mm. I broke. I called my 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 girlfriend at the time. Say, hey, you want to take a trip? So let's take a trip. I'm gonna show you how to, you know, cause I was just dying to show her like in my head, I'm gonna show you how to really drug deal. So we loaded up, uh, you know, some cars and we ended up taking off to Chicago. And we, uh, just like that, you know, I got right back into it on parole. Um, and here I am taking life sentences, uh, chances, just doing this stuff. And long story short, I got caught. Uh, I got caught up got thrown back in jail. I shouldn't ever have gotten out. Um, there was a lot of stuff with the court case that happened. Um, I didn't think I was, I was, I was in jail. I was in county jail, 2016, January. Um, they were trying to extradite me to New Mexico for some cocaine charges and a gun charge. And I was broke. I tried to get called my daughter and her mom was on the phone and her, my, my daughter's mother. And she got on the phone and she just, I remember she took my call and she said, hi, man. She goes, I told you. She goes, if you ever do this to, to Brianna again, she goes, if you ever did this, she goes, I'll never let you see her. She goes, you're not going to talk to her. She goes, because my daughter was in the car when I got pulled over. And when the cops oh. came, so, you know, you guys think my daughter's only, she was like maybe 10 years old at the time. She just lost me for six years. I just come out. I'm out for like three, four months. And me and my daughter were so close. And so... She she witnessed that and she was like crying hysterically when the cops, you know, we had like 10 cop cars pull up on me and take me in and drug trafficking and all this crazy charges. So my daughter is just like going through it. Her face is all swollen. So my daughter's mother told me, you're not going to see her again. And so, you know, I've been in and out of prison my whole life. Yeah, I already know the charges are serious this time. Mm -hmm. There's no more. There's no more. I'm, I'm probably going to do 15 to 20 years minimum. Like I'm on parole too. So when you're on parole and you commit a, a felony, when you get sentenced, everything's aggravated, which means you're getting the maximum sentences because you're on parole. Like you're like one of these guys, you're, it's, you're just, that's what it is. And so I already knew it's to the point where I just threw my hands up and said, it's over, show's over. Everyone, um, everyone comes to a time, especially a seasoned criminal like myself, where you just know the show's over. This is it. You're this is this is what it is. You're you're going in there for a very very long time. So in my head, I'm already contemplating suicide, thinking about, um, you know, I'm not I'm not going. I'm not giving them twenty another twenty years. I've already given them you know 10, 15 years of my juvenile and, and adult life. I'm not giving them no more. So I was already plotting on how to 
you know, you know, take some drugs, figure out how to overdose, how to how to somehow just end it. And it's a very dark place. It's 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 a it's a good thing that I'm glad I went there because I see brothers that are there today and I see right where they're at and I can go right there and say, hey, I know where you're at, bro. And I can, you know, just give them some words and, and I have been there. And um, it's, it's it's powerful in itself, just that little dark moment that I went through. But uh, I, I went into a jail cell and I remember like just going back to my room and I just remember I just threw my hands and I said, God, I'm just done. And I said, okay. And I remember telling God, I was like, God, if you, if my purpose is to be in prison for the rest of my life and tell everybody about the truth, I said, okay. I said, that's what I'm going to do. And I just remember like full surrender happened in that jail cell. I just, I'll never forget it. I tell people like this, I tell Wow. I've I've known God. I've I've had some stuff happen, you know, since I was little. That jail cell, I'll never forget it. I can't explain it to anybody, but nobody can tell me God ain't real. I was in that jail cell, and I didn't think I was getting out. It wasn't like one of these deals where, hey, God, if you get me out, then I'm gonna do. It was like, Lord, I accept being in prison for the rest of my life, and I accept my purpose to tell people about you. And at that moment in my time, I said, that's what God wants. That's what I was designed for. That's what, okay, Lord, I don't want that, but um, that's what I'm, I accepted it. And I remember like the Holy Spirit, I, I didn't know at the time what it was, but I just remember like as I was on my knees, I remember from my head to my toes, everywhere was just like electrified is the only way I can say it. And I'm not talking for like 10 seconds. You know, sometimes I'm in church, I feel the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about like that. I'm talking for like two minutes. I'm just right there and I'm just feeling this crazy fire come all through me and I'm crying, Krayla. And, and I'll never forget it. And I knew God was real. And I said, man, I was crying. I just, wow. After that, I started reading my Bible. Mm. I was reading my Bible like, mm. and then, mm. then I was reading these books. I started reading these books like the battlefield of the mind and all these, you know, and, and I was like, and in my head, back of my head, I just felt something like, you're going to get out. But I was like, oh, maybe that's just wishful thinking. I still wasn't like counting on that. But I was I was reading these books. And, and I'll tell you this. Every time I was reading these books, I was like, at the end of this book, God's going to open the door. He just wants me to read this book to download. Yep. So I was reading it. I'd get to the end of the book. Look around. I'm still here. Okay, God. Maybe, maybe you want me to read another book. Next book. So I would get another book and I'd read it. I, how every time I felt so strong, it's almost like God was like giving me a little taste, but to to have the hunger. And so I'll tell you this: I went through a lot of books, and I'll tell you every time I go to that bookshelf, I would look for the smallest book because I'm like I, I want I want to get out, you know, like yeah. in the back of my mind. But yeah, I ended up getting in some trouble with the cop. Tried to um, fight me, or he he came and he touched me, uh, in, in like in in jail. Yeah, there's a you know I'm from prison and I've been down a long time and you know I my mind operates different. Like if a CO comes and has a certain touching on me, um, it's going to get physical. I have to fight him because if I don't, you know, in in the prison world, it's like you can't let stuff like that slide. So I remember this cop came one mm. day. I was out there. I was getting my my food. It was like four thirty in the morning. They came and like opened. Hey, get down here. Get your get your trays. And I remember I was just so tired. I went down there grab my tray and I'm just walking slow back up the stairs and he came and grabbed my shoulder like or my shirt and said come on like and I remember just like 
Because there's different rules in prison and county jail. In prison, a, a CO would not do that because he knows um, he knows what ha would happen right away. It would it would have to get physical between him and him. In, in the in the county jail, it's a little more because they're dealing with new criminals that aren't like as seasoned like that, and they they like think twice about hitting a police officer or a correctional officer. Like me, my mind was now. I say I, I pushed him off me. I said, "What's up?" And and, and I, so we squared up, and I said, "Let's go in my room." He said, okay. And this cop wasn't, he wasn't like a, a chump or nothing. This cop was like, he really was like about it and he hated inmates. You could see it in his face. He just, did, he was one of those in, individuals. So mm -hmm. we go up to my room and I remember I go in there, I take my shirt off and my cell, he's right there. And he's, he already knows the transformation that's happening inside of me with God. Oh. And I remember it's like 4.30 in the morning. He's like, hi man, just, just pray. Cause, cause the cops out there locking everybody down. Cause he's gonna come in there to fight me. And he's like, everybody locked down, everybody. Everybody's locking down. And I'm just waiting and, and my cell, he's right there. He's like, hi man, pray, think about it. And this dude's not even a believer. You know, wow. he don't even know God, but he's like, and I just remember like, God, why is this happening? God, Test. like I'm trying to do right. And I'm in this situation. And so, uh, the cop comes up there, but still, I'm I'm so I'm, I'm still a baby, you know. I'm, I'm like I'm gonna fight him, and I'm ready for him to come in. And he starts taking off his belt. And I remember he just looks at me, and he's like, and something just stopped him, and he just shut the door, slammed the door, and he calls the the goon squad. We call them the turtle squad in there, where you know they have like a special SWAT team that comes in to ex uh, you know extract me from my cell and take me to the hole, and so which is the great thing because I would have had an assault on a police officer and I probably wouldn't be right here right now. So wow. they come and they get me and I'm in the in my mind, I'm just like, I know they're coming. So I sit on my toilet and I'm praying. And I'm like, God, why is this happening? Like I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to serve you and I'm doing all this. And this was out of my, my, my control. But you know, in my mind back then, I thought it was, but really it was in my control. I could have been humble and just let him grab me. But in my brain back then, I just thought it was out of my control. God, I go to the hole. In the hole in county jail, you cannot have no, you can't even have your t-shirt. You can't have nothing from six in the morning till 10 at night. You can't have no blankets, no sheets, no nothing. They just have you a little blanket. That's it. There are a little padded mat, no sheets, nothing. And the only thing they give you in there is a Bible. So I get in there. I knew right away, you want me to you want me to read. So I just started reading, reading. I was in there for like three, four weeks. And I was just, I would wake up and I would just read the Bible. It'd be on my chest and I would just read. I started in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. I just started going through the whole Bible. I was reading the Bible probably about 17, 18 hours a day, um, nonstop. And I remember I would go to sleep. I would just fall asleep with the Bible on my chest and I'd wake up. Like something would wake me up, just and I would hear dig, 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 dig. And I would just get the Bible and I'd just start just reading again. I didn't know. So I go down to um I did that for like three, four weeks and I was I was at peace. You know what I mean? I was I was in that hole. Mm. I was at peace. My girlfriend at the time was actually on the first floor. She got caught for a drug charge too. And right. she's she's in there and um so we're both on the first floor and, and the fourth floor. I'm on the fourth floor and then uh Finally, I go, get out of there, go down, go back to my jail cell. Um, I'm, I'm thank God I'm out the hole, and I'm spirit filled. I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm feeling filled up with God. I mean, I just read the Bible. You read the Bible 18 hours a day for That's like three weeks. It's intense. Very. Um, so 
I go back down, I'm getting a haircut and they do this little chili bowl. I remember like I used to get fades or I get fades and, and, and they do the chili bowl first. So the hair looks all weird. And then they locked us down. So I couldn't finish the hair. So my hair was all weird. All of a sudden they come to say, hey, Katsaris, you've got a, a visit with your lawyer. So I go down, I go downstairs. I'm like, okay, my lawyer's here. Go down there and I, I tell my lawyer, hey, I'm sorry, man. I got this you know, haircut looking weird. They locked me down. He looked at me, he said, hi, man. He's all, he's all don't. Don't don't worry. He goes, I'm here to tell you that tomorrow you'll be out there on the streets, and you'll get your you'll finish that haircut at a real barbershop. He goes, we're getting your charges dismissed. He said, um, and I just looked and I was like, I'm not surprised. I wasn't surprised. I wasn't even. I was just like, I already knew. I already knew. I just I don't know how to say. It. I I just knew, and I was just okay. I knew it was God, and I was like, no one can take that. I said, I'm, I'm going home. And so he said that there was some technicalities and just some stuff. And they had to dismiss my charges out in New Mexico. And uh, that they, they probably would bring them back up. But I was going to go home. So I said, okay. Wow. So I, I go back. I go back to my jail cell. Give all my food away, everything. Give it all away. Like, hey, man, you guys go to church when you get out. I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be doing God's work. And I was, I was like, I was bold. I was already unashamed. I was like. I'm like, I'm coming hard, God, for you. You're giving me out, you're giving me a chance. I'm coming hard. The next morning, they call me. They say, hey, Casares, going downstairs. You're going to be released. I said, okay, I have my paperwork. Because what I didn't say was after my lawyer left, my parole officer came. Because I'm still on parole. My parole officer comes. And she says, Casares, um, I'm sorry. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't believe you. Because I had told him it was like another person. and or that there, you know, There's a lot of stuff in the story. But she's like, you know, so well, you're gonna be reinstating parole. Here's your paper, and you, you know, tomorrow I'll come check in the office. So I have my paper there. I have my paper with my dismissed charges. All my paperwork is good. I go downstairs, and now this stuff right here, what happened, doesn't ever happen. This is a rare thing. That's why it's God. I believe it all my heart. I know it's oh, it was God. Yeah. I go downstairs to the floor. I'm in the I'm in the in the holding cell, waiting to get released. And I'm just you gotta think. I mean, my people can't really know what it's like unless your life is about to be taken. And you get a second chance at that life. My, now, some people go to jail and they're like, oh, my life's gone. I'm like, no, dude, you're going to do three years. You're overreacting because you don't know the system. I knew my life was about to be taken and I got a second chance. So it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's something I can tell you, but it's hard to understand. So I'm right there about to go home. All of a sudden, I'm like, why is this taking so long? I see these DOC officers from the prison because I'm in county jail. I see these prison officers. I see four of them. And I see them with these belly chains. So they, what they do, they call them belly chains. They, they shackle all around you from your, from your wrist, everything. And they usually use those when they're transporting you outside of the county jail or to prison. I just remember like, huh, what's going on right here? Eh, I'm good. God, God's letting me out. So I already know. I'm good. Well, they end up coming to my jail cell. They say, Casares, we need you to cuff up. I say, why? why? They're like, we got to take you back to the DOC Department of Corrections. I said, no, no. I said, hold on, I got my paperwork right here. I'm, I'm charges dismissed. I'm reinstated on parole. There's, that's it. Those are the only two things. I'm, I'm free. And they said, I don't know what's going on. They went back, talked to someone, came back. Hmm. They said, we don't know what's going on, but we have orders from the top to pick you up. I, and I already know. There's nothing. I, I'm, I know when there's. I said, okay. They're like, we'll figure it out when we get to the the prison. I said, okay. I cuff up. I'm going. I'm driving in the van. They put me in a little van by myself. 
put me in the back, drive me to state prison up in Wilmot, the yard where I was released from, the prison I was released from. And the whole way there, I'm like, God, what's going on? You, you, I know that you said I was going to get out. What's going on? You know, and I was involved in a lot of heavy stuff, like big drug trafficking, like um, not, not small stuff. I was worried about like the RICO Act and criminal enterprise and, and stuff like that. And I said, and those are all the things that were on my mind. Like and they have this thing called a page two. So when you get locked up and then they can bring up another whole case and it's called a page two. So I was like, I'm, I'm being page two. That's what makes sense. So I get there to the jail, to the prison yard. They put me in a holding cage and I'm just, well, before that, I remember in the van ride, never forget this. I'm right there and it's like probably a 30 minute drive and I'm just like having a conversation with God and I'm defeated, broke because, okay, so your life is gone. Then you get a second chance and now your life is being taken again. It's it's a roller coaster that nobody will, can understand unless you've bought, been through that. And so here I am and I'm like, God, this, this is my life, God. And God said, son, it's impossible to please me without faith. I'll never forget that. Clear as day. You know, there's only, I can only say there's, you know, so many times where God has spoke to me clearly yeah. like that. And I said, okay, but I said, my God, this is my life. I said, okay, all right, I trust you. So we get to the yard, I'm right there. I see this crooked sergeant that used to be on the yard with me. He, hey, Casa, you're back already. Like, everybody's laughing. Like, oh, you were barely out for like a couple months. I said, come here, man, come here. I said, I need your help. I said, I need you to go look on those computers, find out what, why am I here? What's going on? So this cop comes back 10, 20 minutes later. He's all, oh, it's all bad, Casa, it's all bad, dude. Dude, you're getting page two. It's, you're, oh, they're bringing up charges. Oh, you're, it's bad. Just a plot from the enemy. I believe that was a devil because this dude was crooked everything. I just start pacing this, mm. this fence. I tell the cop, mm. I say, hey, I'm telling you right now, don't put nobody in this cage with me. Don't put nobody in. I'm telling you, heads up. Mm. And I just pace that cage for two, three hours. Just having this failing in my faith because at that point, my faith was like this small. And mm. I was just like, what's going on? I'm doubting everything God had done, yeah. all the stuff, everything. It's like, I'm just like, what was real? What was not? Right. What was? And so yeah. they put me, they take me down to Cimarron, this 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 yard where it's like a holding cell. And see, and so I'm, I'm from a political world, like where in, in prison, um, I've done my time on what's called general population my whole life. I've been in there so many, and it's hard to like maintain a, to be in my age and to always have been on uh, these yards where, you know, I, I took, I had a lot of pride in being a convict, like, hey, you know, and so I would never sell up with another race or I would never like, you know, you know, go into protective custody. Like there's been times where they want to murder me on a yard and I, I said, they're going to have to take me on a stretcher. I will not go into protective custody because it was like a pride thing. And so there's been many times. So here I am. They take me into this dungeon and they say, um, they're like, we're gonna, you're going to lock up over there. But they have me in this little shower. And then the cop says, hey, um, I need you to, I need, I'm, I need you to sell up. But I'm going to have you sell up with the, with the white boy, with the white race. I said, I can't do that. And so mind you, as I'm in that cell though, God's starting to work on me again. 
have faith, have faith. I said, I'm trying, God, I'm trying. But this is a weird situation. This stuff don't happen. And then the cop comes and tells me, I need you to help with this white boy. I said, I can't do that. I can't do that. I said, if you put me in there with him, I'm going to fight him right away. I said, I can't do that. He's like, well, you're going to stay here for a while. I don't know what to do with you, but you're going to need to help with him. I said, okay, I can't do that. As soon as that cop walked away, God said, who are you? Do you want to hold on to the past or do you want to move to the future? I thought you're letting that guy go. I was like, oh, man. So I wait for about 10 minutes. I call the guard. Come here. And I knew it was God telling me to let that go. Let that side of me go. So I said, hey, I'll sell up with him. Put me in there. So I said, okay. So I walk in that cell. And the, the guy's there. They open the door. And he already knows what time it is. If I'm, if I'm a wild one, like I, I am, I was, he knows we're going to fight within the first minute. Um, and I just, once they sh shut the door and walked away, I looked at him, he looked at me, and I said, I said, it's all good, bro. So I'm just, just going to do this time right here, figure things out. He's like, all right, talk. I don't have nothing in that cell. I have no money. I have no nothing, no phone calls, no nothing. Guess what's in that cell? A Bible. <laughs> so I just, someone left a Bible in there. So I just start reading again, start digging, digging. Two and a half weeks, I'm in there. No phone calls, no nothing. I have no idea. I'm, it's a dungeon. No going outside. You're in this room like 23 and a half hours a day. 24, you come out once every three days for a shower. And I'm in there, but I'm just digging. I'm at peace again. I found my spot. I'm like, God, I trust you. Whatever. I don't know what's happening. I just trust you. God was developing my faith. My faith was going through something because God knew where he was going to take me was going to require a stupid amount of faith. I call it stupid faith. I don't mean in a derogatory way. Right, right, I, I call it like I say the stupid faith. Like yeah. I mean, to this day, I I I am blessed with stupid faith. <laughs> like it's it's it's, it's the tool to to in the kingdom. Like it's a tool. Like it's like you gotta have. There's levels to it, and so. God was just throwing me straight into it. He's like, I need you to develop this pretty quick. So I got to put you through some very, very tough stuff. So I was just digging through that Bible, digging through that Bible. And finally, the guard came down one day and said, hey, Casares, you have a, a phone call with your lawyer. So I go up there and I talk to my lawyer. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? He says, and I'm not even caring no more because I'm back in this faith like God's good. I'm good. I don't, need, I don't even need you, lawyer. Wow. He says, hi, man. I don't know what's going on, but they're illegally holding you right now. They're like, I've, um, I've talked to the main guy in Phoenix of the Department of Corrections. He goes, I threatened them with a the lawsuit and we're going to sue them. They're going to do this. They're like, they should not be holding you. We have no idea. This is, this isn't, this is illegal what they're doing. Okay, whatever. I'm not even like, okay. So don't worry. We're going to do everything we can. I said, okay, I'm good. Good. Okay. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. I don't care. Like, I'm like, I'm in this state of just nobody has the power to do a God's like God's plan. I'm in his, I'm in his alignment. So I go back to my cell and then like 30 minutes later, they come and say, God says, pack up. You're going, you're going home. I was like, not surprised. <laughs> so I was like, I, I can't Jeez. tell you. Okay. I knew this was the time. So, but, but in hindsight, God said, I, I wasn't ready in jail maybe he was i'm just i don't know god but i i i look at it as a couple things yeah i was in boot camp 
God needed to get me ready real quick. And he needed me to have this time of solitude. And then the second thing, he needed my faith to be developed. Yeah. And so I had to. And then I came out that gate and my wife was right there waiting. She was my girlfriend at the time. I thought God was going to have me leave her because she wasn't equally yoked and um, she was surrendered as well. And so we no both way. we both went to church that uh, Sunday. We're, so we're out. We're both a mess. I mean, my wife was on the streets for six years selling yeah. meth and lost yeah. her kids. You know, her kids were in Phoenix. I mean, she was she had went through it. Here I am, a, a five-time felon, in and out of prison. We're both to screw up. So we go to my mom's house. I said, let's go to church. We went to church that Sunday, and they were doing surprisingly doing baptisms. So Zion City was, that's where I went. They didn't used to do baptisms every Sunday. They were doing them like once every, it was like pretty, you know, it was spread out. And just um, coincidentally, they were doing baptisms. We got that's baptized. So we got, I stayed abstinent for 11 days, and we got married. Um, and we we just we just did it all. I got married in like I tell people in like an abandoned Circle K. Um, it was just some guy turned it was trying to turn it into a church. I mean, we didn't have no money, no nothing. We had like two people there. Um, we just wanted to do it all right with God. I said I came out. I said I just want to do it all right. I just no shortcuts, no nothing. Militant minded, just and, and God just started moving. And you know we went through a phase where we were in a hotel and we were. We were in hotels and we were, um, you know, I tell these people, like, I remember having two pairs of boxers and she had two underwears and we were washing them in the shower and leaving it to dry. We'd wear one and then the next day. And I remember having nothing but having everything. I was like, we we're, we we're like, literally, I was renting a, a truck from a friend for $100 a week so I can go and do little jobs, do change little outlets. You know, I'm an electrician and um, God just started blowing stuff up. Like, I mean, God just started... I, t I tell people there's he, he humbled me. he humbled me gave took everything everything but i was content he put me in a place i tell people he had to humble me it was i was like that hard play-doh can't do nothing with it and god had to soften me up and once i was content with him then he's like okay now you're ready and that's how we that's how we start serving god that was 2016 um wow. I, it was march march 27 2016 i was released from jail april 11th was the day me and my wife got married um i got baptized somewhere at the beginning of april 2016 been no days off no days off mm. um i've just been i've just been sold out for god like sold out i mean it's it's a drug that i'm high and drunk every single day i tell and people all the time i'm I'm, and I ain't smoked a joint and I ain't drink a beer. I don't, you know, I tell people I hadn't even said a cuss word for like, a, I slipped a couple of months back. I was like, oh God, but I don't even, I haven't even said H-E-L-L-D-A-M. I don't, none of it. I just, I just want to be a reflection of God, of the kingdom everywhere I go. I want people to see like, I want people to see my eyeballs and just see Jesus. I want, not for me, like, I, like when I was on my way over here, I said, Lord, I just, I want them to see you. I want them to see you, God. I want them. You know, we're talking about hope. Hope, you know. Yeah. Hope is 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 uh, given by God. You know, in in you can be in the work. Like I mean, it don't get much worse than that. I'm facing like my life away. Uh, God gave me hope in themselves, man. He gave me like I was just like I just I don't know what it looks like. Doesn't mean like this is hope in you, God, and He'll restore. So. That's powerful. Because that was 
the bottom of the valley be reached. Yeah. And yet God still in that moment gave you hope and it's all part of his plan. Amen. Man, it's, that's so beautiful. How has the walk been after that? After you got baptized, you two got married. That was like seven years ago, right? Uh, yeah, seven, seven and a half seven years ago. Seven and a half ago. years ago. Um, you know what I tell people? I was, I was serving God for about a year, nonstop, like hard. I mean, just like we didn't have friends or nothing. Like God set, took us away from the South side, put us in Oro Valley. Like we were in some little condo, like little two bedroom. I didn't have no furniture, no nothing. Um, I remember, but I was sold out. We were going to church. We were just, we changed everything. You know, I, I tell people the- It's most important. Yeah, the, the change don't happen overnight, but the decision happens like that. Mm. Happens like that. Mm. It's like, done, done. Mm. And there's things, but I remember I was like, maybe eight months to a year somewhere in my walk. I remember me and my wife got upset with each other. Yeah. And I was doing little side jobs on Craigslist. I went to this house and I knew it was a drug house and I, I put in like a, a camera for them and they were like, you know, tweakers and drug deal, little, you know, small trap house. And I remember like I got an urge and the devil planted a little seed. Mm. Hmm. If I just get high once. Anyway, I left and I was like, good. But then me and my wife got, he had already planted the seed. Then me and my wife got in a fight like maybe two, three days later. <clears throat> and when we got in a fight, I remember I took off, went for a drive. And, and you see, when you're when I was when you're a baby Christian, you our minds. A lot of people that grow up like the way I grew up, when we get like heartbroken, when we get angry, when we get mad, our reaction straight to a bottle. Let me, let me go get a couple drinks. Let me do a little line of little line of passe. Let me let me do something like that's the way our minds are hardwired, and we have to break that. We have to let the, the Lord do the renewing of our mind, you know. Yeah. And, and 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 so my mind was still like the Lord was renewing my mind, but my mind was still hardwired like that in ways. Yeah. And I remember I went back to that house and I did and and when I got some drugs, I think I did like a little bit of methamphetamine. I snorted some heroin, but I remember I felt shamed. Like, oh, I went home and I don't even think my wife ever knew. Even I don't think she she probably just known from when I talk about it like you know being recorded or something. <laughs> so so but I don't think she ever knew. Mm. But oh, I washed it off. I was so ashamed. I was like God, like oh my God, so her. I repented. I asked for God's forgiveness, and I look back on that, and and it, I'm so grateful for that because through the years, so many people like brothers that I walk with, I mentor, you know, we disciple or just come to Water Walkers. Yeah. They come and they come with this fire, and then. Like and I see, I see when the, I could see their spirit. Like, oh, you doing your, your, you got, oh, you drank the Kool Aid. Like God is doing like something. I watch it, and then I see them come like another time, and like that, I know like what's wrong, mm. and I know they they have this shame. I know because I I I know it. You know what I mean? It's still there. I just re I remember those days. I remember that I see it like quick, and, and they don't want to say it. They don't want to be like. And I and I say, hey, what's going on, bro? Um. And they tell me, and I say, let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story. And I tell, them, I tell them the story about what I'm telling you right now. I said, but you know what? God cleaned it off. God just allowed that to happen so I can just make sure that's something I never want to do again. And he picked me back yep, up. Yep. And it gives them hope. Like, they're like, man, mm -hmm. 
Because people wouldn't think that. People wouldn't mm-hmm. think the that I that I had done that. They, you know, they see me as a leader. They see me walking. You know, like yeah, right. They they wouldn't see it. Now that was the last time I did that. I mm-hmm. said I ain't stepping in that dog poop twice. I ain't eating that vomit twice. Mm-hmm. One mm-hmm. time, that's it, enemy. Yeah. You should have killed me when you could could have. <laughs> and, and now it's a wrap for you. But right. um, right. but but after that, you know, that since my walk, it's it's been really fruitful. I mean, I went through that, and it's just been fruitful. I mean, it's. It's um, the storms I go through now are not like those storms. I don't go through the storms of there's I, I, I say it like this. A preacher once said, you're either coming out of a storm, you're in a storm or you're about to go into a storm. <laughs> and and yeah. so so it doesn't matter. Like anybody <laughs> thinks you're coming to Christianity or walking with God and everything. It, it, it's, it's a it's, narrow no, path. It's, it's, it's going to be. But it's a good thing. Like I'll tell people this, it's too. Good, it's a good thing. Yeah, I say my best day, I'll say this, my worst day today is a thousand times better than my best day back in the dope game in the drug world. Like, I mean, so I, my worst days, but God takes me through different storms now. Like I, like right now I'm in a storm of, of stewarding mm. um, finances, mm. you know, because uh, God's blessed me, you know, with the business and we're good. But God's like, okay, now I've been blessing you for a while, but now you need to be a better steward of this money. Mm-hmm. Like and so I'm trying to learn about adjustable rates and just all kind. Of, I was just like, like Dave Ramsey. The, yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. He says you can't. Don't don't. Uh, you know. He says. Uh, he says when he was younger, he used to try to out earn his stupidity. And I was like, that's me. That's me. I just try to out earn it. You know. But right. But God's like Versus. pressing me. And the thing with God is that He presses me. He won't let me like. Um, he won't let me like some days I'm like, Lord, that's why I'm even in your presence. That's why I like peace, God, and <laughs> praise you, like. And some days he's like, no, I have to, I have to press you a little bit because you're not seeing what I'm trying to show you, mm-hmm. and I need you to get to another level. It's all levels, you know. What I mean, I, yeah. I, I just there's yeah, yeah. And and I've learned the the, the higher you want to go, the more you have to give up. And, and it, it, sometimes people are like, why, why is that fair? You know, why? I mean, why is this Christian? He could drink a little bit of wine sometimes, and like, well, the higher I want to go, I want to go to the top, Lord. For your glory, I want yeah. to like spread the gospel to a uh, hundred million people, Nations. Lord. If if if, if, it, if it's your will, like right. I, I want that. But if it's your will, use me, Lord. But God's okay. Well, Sensification. <laughs> yeah, the process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's powerful, man. Like you know, like that's in the Bible. There's a verse. I remember exactly which verse. That don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Like there's this new wine that yes. the old like the drugs if you now look at it, it's like junk yes like compared to being filled with the holy spirit mm. oh it's yeah it's the well you so. know you know what i think it is it's like people don't they haven't experienced yeah. stuff yeah so it's like it's like the devil's trying to give me like rusty pennies and i'm like God, God's giving me hundred dollar bills. Yeah. Man. So like all of his, and, and when you're walking, these rusty pennies look super shiny that the devil has, mm-hmm. and you just don't know how much better it is when when you haven't tasted the yes yeah you haven't tasted it. That's it. Yeah. I'm just and sometimes I'm like, dude, it's so good. Like, come on, and it's so hard like to um to have grace and patience for those that are still just just uh, keeping up. And I'm like, let go of everything. I, I I'm a strong believer and I I I I just there's things that other people do that I'm not I don't judge them or condemn them. I yeah. mean I'm not like if you want to drink wine that's okay. Yeah. Is it wise though? Mm-hmm. If you want to say some cussing here and there, you know when you're not at church, 
Is it wise? I say, I say, if you want to be used by God, you better know that every detail, everything you do is a reflection of the kingdom. And when you know that, when you're like, Lord, everything I do, I don't want to say that word. Like, even though you don't want to get like real technical about whether or not certain things are cussed. I mean, even if it might be, I'll just let it go. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I had a friend say, well, do you think drinking's a sin? I'm like, well, No. I guess not, because Jesus did it. Yeah. Jesus drunk wine. But nowadays, you gotta think, is it wise? Will it cause your brother to stumble? If somebody sees me drinking a, a cup of wine with my wife, and he's an addict, because I'm around a bunch of addicts all day, and they say, huh, I may drink wine. I could drink wine. Because this is a very practical and reali- realistic situation that not could occur, it would occur. Yeah. In a matter of time. Yeah. And my brother would stumble. So that'd be in violation of the scripture. If it causes your brother to stumble, don't do it. Mm-hmm. And so those are my philosophies on, on, on it. And, and it's, it's, that's me. I, I don't, nothing high about me. I'm just trying to stick to the Bible. That's it. Yeah. And, and I think with that mindset, though, I think God will use you, use you on a different capacity. On a whole new, different level. Yeah. Like you said, let go of everything. Everything. One part you were talking about, I wanted to bring this up too. We can talk about it about the secular music, yeah, and how that's where like the initially the door opened for you to slip, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I and I think, oh yeah, and I think, yeah, because right, because secular music it really desensitizes people. Oh, yeah. It's very, um, it's not in your face; it's subtle, and it's the lyrics people you keep listening to those lyrics. Oh, yeah. 100%. It, become, it becomes what you think. Mm-hmm. The devil gets in, you know, attack our mind first. Yeah. yeah so I always encourage people to go on like a, a secular music cleanse. Oh, it's, it's, um, well, you know what I think it is, is, um, I think full surrender yeah. gives you wisdom. You know, when, when, when you, when you have full surrender, I think God gives you a different level of wisdom and discernment mm-hmm. on it. And secular music, you're so right. Um, I listen. I grew up listening to it. I mean, I thought like I was into the trap music, and I was so brainwashed. I had no idea. And now with God, I'm like, I see it. I know it. I don't even listen like to. Um, I don't even listen to some stuff that most would argue. And, and this is just. I don't try and pass my convictions necessarily on the people. Mm-hmm. I'll just tell you with me. I don't yeah. even um, even country music. Like I mean, I'm not saying bad. Like uh, there's there's some songs that I'll listen to on some country. Depends on the but, lyrics, yeah. Yeah, but if you just like have your stuff tuned to country stations, the devil will throw in some some songs out there that are just you know drinking and and just stuff that are not good. And I'm like, I'll just listen to praise music all day and just it's Holy Spirit filled. And I mean, if I'm gonna be spending my time, why not just get filled up with a hundred percent uncut spirit filled type music? You yeah. know what, what? I mean, some of these songs are cool. You know, they have a little bit of God in them and they're good, but I want a hundred percent. Like, um, and so yeah. we started, uh, you know, MOG, um, MOG and it stands for men of God. I got to give them a shout out on this. That's I'm the manager. Uh, They say I'm the worst manager. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I probably really am. (laughs) But but, uh, I I put my heart into it. And I I love that. What we do is with secular music, the reason it's so big is the devil's so influential out there. So we just basically, we use it just to open a door um, really. And it's, it's something it's, it's hip hop, Christian hip hop. Um, but it's legitimately good and God has used it like 
you know, we don't get paid. We don't we don't get paid for it. We just we don't like I don't know nothing about music. My my but my boys do. You know the the artists, the the ministers, mm -hmm. they uh they they know music. I don't. I'm just <laughs> like okay. I built a studio. I got a studio, nice. and I, and I I just I bought this building a while back, and I was like, Lord, what do you want me to do with it? And I was like, I'm gonna do an apartment here, make some money. I'm gonna build a barbershop. I'm gonna do this, and and then I would go. I was at the stage though where God was showing me just to wait on Him. Mm. So I was waiting on him with this building for like, um, wow, for like a couple months. Yeah. I was like, okay, waiting. Lord, four months, five months. But I was at this place where like God was telling me, if if you don't hear my voice, don't move. Because I I I was in my earlier stages. I would like I would pray, and if I didn't hear God's voice, I would just okay. Well, maybe I'm just supposed to do this. And I would just do something, and it would always end up bad. And I'm like, oh, God, what do you want me to do? God was like, wow. I want you. I want you to just to wait. So God put me through this stage of waiting. And I waited for years. I was waiting. I'm talking about this building was just sitting. I'm paying mortgage on it. I bought it. You know, God, I knew what God told me to buy it. I knew it. we didn't even have a house. And I bought a building. My wife's like, how do you want to buy a building? We don't even own a house. Or in and, and um I was like, that's what God wants. I I, I just know. God God's told me. I, I knew it, all kinds of stuff. So I bought this building. I have all these money type of deals. And long story short, I was I waited for about a year and a half. And then God started, we started with the water walkers. We didn't have nowhere to go. And I, was, I didn't think it was going to be for ministry. I thought it was going to be for like somehow revenue, somehow like, Lord, we're going to make some money, you know, wow. for the kingdom. And then water walkers just started and we started in a garage and we started going to like someone's, uh, my living room, MK's living room, uh, a couple of my friend Eddie. And we started going to my backyard and we started just like every Thursday, it'd be like 10 guys, 20 guys, 30 guys, 50 guys. We started getting so big. So I was like, we, we, we didn't have nowhere to go. Like, we were like, where do we go? And every Thursday it was like, we got to figure it out. And I was like, hey, I got this building. But we didn't have no walls, no nothing, no floors. It was just a, it was just a junk building at the time. And I remember we have pictures where we're sitting on buckets and a big old circle of men. God was there like at the beginning because there was nothing fancy about those these. Like, there was nothing. We didn't have no money. We didn't have no, we were just there and we were like, but the presence of God, when people would come, I would just tell people, just show up once. Just if you don't like it, never come back. I'm gonna tell you about 95% of people show up, they 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 came back. They they knew something was different. God was doing something different. Or you get a bunch of men that are sold out for God, don't want to compromise. I'm not saying perfect, because a lot of us are like real screwed up. But that's what's even crazier, because you see a bunch of guys like us that look like us. Everybody has tattoos, tattoos on their face, tattoos on their head. I mean, like like people coming in on fentanyl and then you just see like it's raw they're like huh like when we're walking up to you to go pray for you people think they're about to get jumped and then all of a sudden we start talking and they're like what like you're talking about god like i thought you're over here trying to sell me drugs or beat me up or something we're like and we just show them the love of god and and god God moves. But anyway, long story oh, short, wow. um, we that turned into our water walkers headquarters and God fixed the building up and um, he blessed us like crazy. It's beautiful now. How, how many? And, yeah. How many? Sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, how many people members? Like how many people usually attend? I would say right now we have about 200 guys now. Oh, my goodness. But um, actively every week showing up somewhere between 40 to 60 guys and 40 sometimes 70 it's amazing. um every thursday and, and we it's rain or shine like yeah. we don't we don't take no no days off on mm -hmm. thursdays for three and a half years or something um we just come every thursday i always think like i don't want 
I don't want, some people are hanging on by a thread. Brothers are, a lot of guys that will come to water walkers won't go to church. A lot of these guys, they're like either, they have stigmas about church. Either. So say, hey, come on. They, they see us like, okay, we'll go. We'll go to that. And then, then we just start giving them truth and just trying to love on them first, accept them. Mm -hmm. and, 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 then, and then we hit them with the truth. You know, you got some Christians that just want to, that righteousness. Oh, man, you're doing this right. You're going to go to hell. There. Like, bro, you come on, love them first. Yeah. I, I, this is my strategy. Love them first. Forget about, I have guys jump in my car and they F this, F that. And I'm just like, oh, because it hurts my ears now. But I'm just like, tolerate, give them grace, love them where they're at. Wow. Bring them in with the love. Mm -hmm. and then hit them with the truth mm. you know I, I tell i tell people be militant right but I, I had this little revelation that's but being militant without love is just being a pharisee yeah, yeah. you know so i say it now like this be militant wrapped in love mm. so i mean when i say militant i mean don't compromise yeah. no compromise you full surrender sold out for god you know like a military mind you know, you got to train, battle, you know, the fitness, everything. You know, read your word. Like, I mean, militant, but it's all for nothing if the love ain't there. So you got to like wrap it in love. And like, Lord, I need your heart. I need to love this guy. This guy's talking crap about me. I need to love him. I need to give him grace. He's, oh, these guys are judging me over here, throwing rocks. Love him, love him, love him. And, 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 and it's no lie. The Bible says it. They come, they come and they stay. And people are watching from the sidelines. People are involved. And I know there's just like, I have, I know there's pastors that are like, what's going on over here? What's what the heck's going on with this little group of guys that's like, just when we go out, we go out to serve and love. We don't, when we go out of town, we don't ask for no money. We don't, we don't. Like I, I look at the disciples, when Jesus sent the disciples out, he said, take nothing, take two coats or forget, I was just reading in Matthew, Luke and Mark. Yeah, yeah, they're sending know? people. When he sends the 12 disciples yeah, out, he says, yeah. take nothing. Mm -hmm. and, and shake the dust off if, if they don't accept you. And I just, yeah. I have that mindset like, Lord, bless me, Father, so I, I don't have to ask for nothing. For, mm -hmm. you know, I, God I just, will provide. I just, I just want God, and God will, he does, you know, so mm -hmm. it's been good. That's amazing, bro. That's <laughs> speechless. <laughs> I, I never know what part of the, like, the testimony, like when I came right, I have no plan on, Yeah. I just, I just, I said, Lord, you just um, show me, like, because I have a testimony, but, it's so broken up. Like I've, I've one, at once upon a time, I thought the testimony was this, yeah. And it was, and it was, and God used it this time where I was like, you know, I grew up smoking crack, twelve years old, turned into a drug dealer, um, fifteen, sixteen, started moving a lot of cocaine, um, got into, he was in gangs, shootings, everything, went to prison, all that stuff, and I tell all that part. But there's, there's little parts like just this part where I was in the jail cell when you asked me. I mean, that's a whole testimony just in itself. In itself, just and so there's different segments of it, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I never know where God wants me to go. Yeah, but I'm like, oh, Lord, you just picked a part. And yeah, there's a lot more. There's like so much in your story that, looking back, like God is really is you're in God's hands this whole time. The whole time, even when times are so challenging. Yeah, yeah. and you you were right about being staying militant. Because once you are once you are sold out on Jesus, once we are sold out, yeah. we're entering the battlefield. <laughs> yes, we're entering a battlefield, and you know, reading the word, be on point with the word, like you know, staying militant, having that mindset, because the devil will attack us. Oh, he will. He does. That's a problem. That's a one hundred percent. Like, yep. yeah. Now you guys stay right. You, you just stay. I, I tell guys now, like, 
what God's showing me is how to how to teach guys um, how to teach guys what if what if Water Walkers was gone tomorrow? What if your church was gone? What if your pastor was gone? Um, God's showing us how to like because we don't know like there's so much stuff that I don't know about being a leader like I don't know about like you know managing so many men like I'm like Lord sometimes I'm just it's surreal I'm just like God how, how did you how am I right here like you know I didn't pick I didn't we didn't if you ask brother MK the way this all happened it was it was all God like it's we didn't God, we didn't bro. want no leaders at the beginning we said we don't want no leaders we just we just want everybody's equal and there was chaos. Mm. There was a lot of chaos. When there's yeah. no structure, there's, and, and just the way God did it all, and it's just like, um, I, I, I just, I have no doubt about it. God's, God's put love in my heart. Like I, I love people. Yeah, I, I really do. And it's hard to do this kingdom walk if you don't love people. You know, it's impossible. And, and God has to put some very, very challenging people in your life in order. I, I believe for me, mm. He had to put some very hard people. He had to put, you know, I had to get hurt, mm. and mm. and then like I had to, you know, there's a whole nother story. You know, mm. my. My older brother got murdered and he got shot. And um, I remember back then, like dealing with, with that, with uh, the anger towards the guy that, that had killed him. And um, unforgiveness. Yeah. yeah. And, and the forgiveness is so big. You can't, you can't go far with God without, and so many people don't understand this isn't an option. Like, it's okay, not an option at this all. This is like, this is part of, this is part of the package. If you don't cross that bridge, you staying over there on the porch yep. um, for a long time until you come to that place. And so God dealt with me, and I was like, man, I could forgive that guy. I did. I, I did forgive him. That's I still, good. I haven't ran into him. I, I don't know if God thinks the time, but I'm I'm looking forward to that day when I get to um, run into him and mm. just give him the love of God. And, wow. And, and, God. But there's also brothers in the group that have been challenging, and, and I've, I've, I've had to, um, God's grown me so much because, like, just grace, 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 grace. I love you, brother. Like, Grace. and I'm not talking about like uh, uh, playing around. I I love you. Like, I'm talking about God. Really has to. You have to dig and you have to work for that love. Yeah, that's like, uh, it's very hard, but yeah, I'm, you, gonna, I'm gonna love you. Yeah, yeah. people. Are, I mean, it's it's full time. Like, you you have to, you have to. You can't you can't pretend this. You Cannot. can't pretend it. Like, there's in these eight years. There's been like overtime where you have to work for these attributes that God gives you. God wants to give them to you. God wants you to walk around with his love. God wants you God wants you to walk around with his grace. Mm -hmm. God wants you to mimic, you know, who Jesus was. And so yeah. um but to get that you got to put that work in, you know. So, Amen. So Amen. Any last word of encouragement like to leave for our yeah. audience? You know, um stupid faith. Stupid faith is 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 really what will move mountains for you and and stupid faith is, is just being real. God is sovereign over every situation. Anything that's going on in your life, God is always sovereign. Like no matter what, what happens, you get hit, you get in a car accident. Um, God is, I had my buddy just, a drunk driver hit him a couple days ago, head on collision. His wife broke her back and his son's neck got broke. He's in the hospital bed. And it's so hard because my brother loves God. He's a soldier. I went to go visit him last night and I was like, God's sovereign, bro. And he knows. He's like, yeah. When you, when God is sovereign, it's like everything is for God. And, and that allows you to have that stupid faith. Because, But first you got to know, when I say sovereign, you got to know God is in, when I say sovereign, control everything. Not, no detail is like beyond God. Like he doesn't have this in his plan. You got to know that. And then it'll allow you to have stupid faith. 
Mm. You got, but you got first God, no God sovereign. And mm. and we were talking about hope, man. Yeah. man if, 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 if God can do it for me, like, I mean, you, I don't, I don't have to tell you about my, my life. You could Google, Google Jaime Casares, put in some keywords like 100 miles per hour, high speed chase, put, put postal inspectors, money laundering, put these little keywords in. I'll let Google tell you who I was. I'll let the news articles tell you who I was. I don't have to sit up here and tell people like what I, I just, I just, I don't glorify none of that, but I, I glorify and I boast in the power of God that if he could change, uh, 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 Someone like me, I was I was bad. I was I was like I know a lot of people think I was bad. I was I was like I wasn't good. I was like I was done. I'm, I'm the one that everybody said no, that dude ain't good. He's bad. Um, he ain't. And God, God, you know, he said gets the foolish to shame the wise. I'm a foolish, foolish one of them all. And um, wow. it, it, it's just the the hope. Just keep that hope. Keep that faith. Stupid faith. That's Amen, it. brother. Amen, brother. Appreciate you so much, man. God's is God's is so good. God is so good. Uh, his great grace really is unlimited. His love and His grace. I felt the same, you know, feeling when I was saved. It's like, oh, I was bad. Like I was not good. Yeah. But God is good. Like God is, is. the 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 greatest good. And your story is so encouraging. And again, man, it's an honor. Thank you. And. I'm so excited to see what God is doing for the water walkers in the coming years. It's, it's growing. Lives are changing. Families are changing. Families are getting saved. Uh, it's just been, it's been amazing, bro. And yeah. just to, to, for the little time that I, um, you know, a couple of months, few months been witnessing just the stories that I heard from water walkers and the, the guys and it's, it's God's work, man. And yeah. to see the origin story from, you know, where you were and where God is taking you to tell today. It's just, there's no denying it that God is real. Yeah. The Bible is true. The Bible has power. It has the ultimate final authority. Yes. Everything that God has spoken comes to pass and will come to pass. So, man. It's a double-edged sword. And, and can I say before we end is, yeah. is any wives out there, anyone sees this, any husbands, any, anybody, uh, Water Walkers is open to, it's a men's group. Um, we have kids there, you know, young men, I should say, from the ages of 14, guys all the way to 60, 65 years old. Um, it's open for anybody. Um, it's what we, what I think we specialize in changing perspective, like giving God's perspective. Because your problems could be like this big. You come in there, one big thing that God does like on day one is, boom, he fixes your perspective. Right. Perspective's everything. Your brain's like, ah, God's like, hold on, let me show yeah. you. These are small problems. These are small potatoes. I'll fix them. And, but any dude, I mean, we, we specialize in, in, you know, you have, if you have bondages of addiction, we, we come from that life. If you're from the penitentiary, we come from that life. If you're from the church, we have correctional officers. We have police officers that have been there. We have, um, we're just, we're diversified. It's not, it's just the power of God. We're one body. We are more than water walkers. We just we want to connect with the entire body. So everyone, anyone is welcome. You can find us on Facebook. Um, you can find us. At, just look under Water Walkers Five Two Zero, and you can find us on YouTube. And you know, just ask around. God, God's yeah. moving the word. You know. Amen. Okay. Amen. So thank you for having me, bro. Thank you for being on, bro. Okay. Um, and thank you guys for watching. Yes. Or listening. If you are listening on Spotify, please leave a five star review. Or <coughs> excuse me. 
or like and comment and subscribe on YouTube as it will really support the show and and um, help more people to hear those amazing testimonies. So thank you guys again and I'll see you guys on the next episode.